0: From behind the X-Ray Specs, welcome to the IT Privacy and Security Weekly Update for October 19th, 2021. From new and innovative ways to introduce facial recognition to looking through walls, we have you covered. Or perhaps uncovered. We start our journey in subterranean Moscow, move on to a sweetie factory in Chicago, and then into your dentist's office from there ai leaves us spinning before we discover the top three locations for mining bitcoin and a new competitor in the texan insurance market we end outside looking in without another moment's hesitation let's unpack that old ghostbusters gear put on the x-ray specs and have our best adventure yet Our first is a Russian story from The Guardian. Privacy fears as Moscow Metro roll out facial recognition pay system. The Moscow Metro has rolled out what authorities have lauded as the world's first mass-scale facial recognition payment system amid privacy concerns over the new technology. The cashless, cardless, and phoneless system named FacePay launched at more than 240 stations across the Russian capital on Friday. Now, all passengers will be able to pay for travel without taking out their phone, metro, or bank card, the Moscow mayor Sergei Sobyanin tweeted on Thursday evening. To activate FacePay, Sobyanin said passengers will need to connect their photo, bank card, and metro card to the service through the metro's mobile app. It will be enough just to look at the camera to pass through the turnstiles, Sobyanin said. The Moscow authorities, who expect up to 15% of metro passengers will use face pay regularly in the next three years, said the system would quicken the flow of people, particularly at busy times. Moscow recently expanded its facial recognition technology across the capital with a network of more than 175,000 surveillance cameras. Human rights activists said the cameras were used to identify protesters who attended rallies in support of the jailed opposition politician Alexei Navalny. Facial recognition was also used to enforce COVID-19 quarantines during Russia's two-month lockdown in spring 2020. So, what's the upshot for you? The Russian metro, with more than 6 million daily passengers, is certainly a substantial addition to the surveillance already in place. Our next story is global from CrowdStrike.com. Light Basin, a roaming threat to telecommunications companies. CrowdStrike Services has investigated multiple intrusions within the telecommunications sector from a sophisticated actor tracked as the Light Basin Activity Cluster, also publicly known as UNC 1945. Active since at least 2016, LightBasin employs significant operational security measures, primarily establishing implants across Linux and Solaris servers with a particular focus on specific telecommunications systems. CrowdStrike identified evidence of at least 13 telecommunications companies across the world compromised by Light Basin dating back to at least 2019. Recent findings highlight this cluster's extensive knowledge of telecommunications protocols, including the emulation of these protocols to facilitate command and control and utilizing scanning packet capture tools to retrieve highly specific information from mobile communication infrastructure, such as subscriber information and call metadata. The nature of the data targeted by the actor aligns with information likely to be of significant interest to signals intelligence organizations. This research emerges amid escalating competition between the Chinese and U.S. governments in all manner of geopolitics, military power, cyberspace, trade, and science. The CIA recently announced that it was reorganizing to focus more on understanding Chinese activities around the world as the country continues to exert itself technologically and the U.S. government grapples With major questions about what it truly knows about Chinese capabilities and whether the US efforts are keeping pace. So, what's the upshot for you? So, what's the upshot for you? Mobile phones are not magic. They need hardwired infrastructure to run on, and that is the point of the compromise in this case. Perhaps your calls are just not as private as you thought. Our next story is global from Yahoo Finance. NFT use cases. They could go mainstream. NFTs are here. They're no longer fringe. Specifically, art and collectible NFTs have gone mainstream with breathtaking speed, faster than even the most starry-eyed, to-the-moon crypto bull could have dreamed. We now have a better idea why NFTs, especially art and collectibles, are fun, visualizable, culturally relevant, and easy to understand in a way that many blockchain concepts are not. Let's take the first use case, gaming. Every day, there are 2 million people who play with the little blobs of Axie Infinity, which now has a valuation of 3 billion US. Gaming is really exciting, as you already have billions of people who are buying digital goods inside of games. The next is fashion and wearables. Luxury brands are coming to the NFT space. A new brand called Ouroboros which describes itself as the first fashion house to merge science and technology with physical couture, unveiled a line of digital apparel that you wear using augmented reality. For perspective, this was not at a crypto conference. This happened at London Fashion Week. Next is DeFi NFTs. Let's say you blew your last $5 million on a CryptoPunk NFT, but now oops, You forgot that you need to pay your rent. No problem. You can use that CryptoPunk as collateral for a loan at NFTFI. When you hand over your CryptoPunk as collateral, you automatically get it back when you pay off your debt. And if you default? Thanks to the Wizardry of Smart Contracts, the NFT gets transferred to the lender, eliminating the need for debt collection and bounty hunters. Events and ticketing might be another example. Here's a hypothetical. Your favorite band has an upcoming concert and you want to go. Tickets are $100. Now imagine the ticket you buy is actually an NFT and your NFT does the following things. It's emblazoned with some artwork from a designer you like. It serves as concert memorabilia, so it might be worth something someday, like an old ticket stub to a Beatles concert. Inside the venue, you can use the NFT as a means of getting snacks or beers. And thanks once again to the magic of smart contracts, the revenue from your NFT automatically pays the performer 40%, the DJ 10%, the lighting crew 2%, the janitor's 1%, and on and on. No middle person is needed to orchestrate the payments, which means you pay almost nothing in fees. And finally, if you bought the VIP ticket, the NFT unlocks your access to visit the performer backstage. Next use case for NFTs the metaverse, a place to store and appreciate NFT art, a hub for gaming, or a place to buy virtual land. The sky's the limit. And finally, the last use case everything digitalization of everything physical. We're already spending most of our waking hours online. We're going to have a lot of digital goods in the future. If someone buys a cool pair of Air Jordans, physical ones that go on your feet. They'll want his NFT companion. They'll want the NFT so they can flaunt it, flex it, and perhaps use it in a metaverse. So what's the upshot for you? It seems like the natural evolution, digital and physical equivalents. Maybe that sounds far-fetched, but only a year ago, so did the idea of mainstream NFTs for art and collectibles. Our next story out of the U.S. from the Chicago Tribune. Okay, this ransomware gig has gone far enough. Don't mess with Halloween. Ferrara, which makes Brock's Candy Corn as well as brands like Nerds, Laffy Taffy, Keebler, and Famous Amos, said it discovered a hack which encrypted some of its systems on October 9th. The company is working with law enforcement and outside specialists to restore those systems and get back to full operating capacity. We've resumed production in select manufacturing facilities and we are shipping from all our distribution centers across the country, near to capacity. We are also now working to process all orders in the queue, Ferrara said. So, what's the scary upshot for you? Several of its brands are Halloween staples, but Ferrara said customers shouldn't worry about shortages. Those products are shipped to retailers in early August and should already be on shelves, the company said. And from suites to the dentist's office with InfoSecurity Magazine, data breach hits U.S. dental patients. A cybercriminal used a phishing attack to gain access to the computer systems of North American Dental Management between March 31st and April 1st, 2021. Following the security breach, PDA notified patients that an unauthorized individual may have accessed some of their protected health information, or PHI. The information that may have been exposed was stored in email accounts that the attacker was able to breach. The full extent of the potentially affected personnel information is not yet known and will vary between persons, but it may include the following name, address, email address, phone number, dental information, insurance information, social security number, and or financial account numbers. The breach was reported to the DHS's Office for Civil Rights as impacting 125,000 patients in Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New York, Texas, and Tennessee. So, what's the upshot for you? Not a good day for those big, bright smiles. Our next story out of the US from IEEE Spectrum The Pentagon wants AI to predict events before they occur. During the 1980s, the KGB wanted to predict the start of nuclear war as much as six months to a full year in advance from a wide variety of indicators. For example, physical locations of U.S. nuclear warheads and monitored activities in American embassies and NATO, unplanned movement of senior officials, FEMA preparations, military exercises and alerts, scheduled weapons maintenance, leave policies for soldiers, visa approvals, travel information, and U.S. foreign intelligence activities. They even considered the removal of documents related to the American Revolution from public display as a potential indicator of war. Massive amounts of data were fed into a computer model to calculate and monitor the correlation of forces, including military, economy, and psychological factors to assign numbers and relative weights. The findings from Ryan contributed to Soviet paranoia about a pending U.S. nuclear attack in 1983 and nearly led their leaders to start a nuclear war. Though such an idea came long before its time, today's machine learning technologies are now capable of detecting subtle patterns in seemingly random data and could start making accurate predictions about adversaries in the near term. Amidst the wellspring of enthusiasm for AI-enabled decision tools, U.S. defense leaders are hoping to deflect any concerns by insisting that their adoption be responsible. Humans will remain in the loop, and any systems that produce unintended consequences will be taken offline. In July 2021, the North American Aerospace Defense Command and the U.S. Northern Command conducted the third series of tests called the Global Information Dominance Experiments in collaboration with leaders from 11 combatant commands. The first and second series of the tests took place in December 2020 and March 2021, respectively. The tests were designed to occur in phases, each demonstrating the current capabilities of three interlinked AI-enabled tools called Cosmos, Lattice, and Gaia. Together, these decision tools are supposed to anticipate what adversaries will do ahead of time, allowing U.S. military leaders to preempt the actions of adversaries before kinetic conflict arises and deny them any perceived benefits from taking any predicted actions. Such tools are particularly attractive to U.S. defense leaders as they prepare for compressed decision times in the future due to greater use of AI. These AI-enabled platforms are expected to go beyond merely providing enhanced situational awareness and better early warning to offer U.S. military leaders what is considered the holy grail of operational planning, producing strategic warning of adversarial actions in the gray zone, that is, the competition phase prior to any irreversible moves having been made. Such an advancement would allow decision-makers to formulate proactive options rather than the reactive ones of the past, and enable much faster decisions. It's unclear whether any proactive actions taken in response to predicted adversarial behavior might be perceived by the other side as aggressive and end up catalyzing the war we sought to avoid in the first place. So, what's the upshot for you? Assembling a truly unbiased data set designed to predict specific outcomes remains a major challenge, especially for life and death situations and in areas of sparse data availability, such as a nuclear conflict. What could possibly go wrong? From Wired, a global story. Facebook uses AI math to hide its hate speech problem. In public, Facebook seems to claim that it removes more than 90% of hate speech on its platform. But in private, internal communications, the company says the figure is only 3-5%. to 5%. Facebook wants us to believe that almost all hate speech is taken down when in reality, almost all of it remains on the platform. We removed about 12 million pieces of content and groups for violating our policies on hate speech. 87% of which we found proactively. In nearly every quarterly transparency report, Facebook proclaims hate speech moderation percentages in the 80s and 90s like these. Yet, elite document from March 2021 says we may action as little as 3 to 5% of hate on Facebook. So where is the truth? Let's look at the numbers. The 94% is the number that Facebook has publicly touted is the proactive rate, the number of hate speech items taken down that Facebook's AI detected divided by the total number of hate speech items taken down. What matters is the amount of hate speech that is not removed from the platform. The best way to capture this is the number of hate speech takedowns divided by the total number of hate speech instances. This takedown rate measures how much hate speech on Facebook is actually taken down, and it's the number that Facebook tried to keep secret. According to internal documents, more than 95% of hate speech shared on Facebook remained in place. Zuckerberg boasted to Congress that Facebook took down 12 million pieces of hate speech in groups. But based on the leaked estimate, we now know that around 250 million pieces of hate speech were likely left up. Content moderation is an incredibly challenging problem and we need to admit that AI is very far from the solution some suggest it is being. Quoting numbers from the relatively small quantity that AI effectively recognized is like putting a light bulb in a closet and saying it lights 97% of the room when the rest of the house is still in the dark. So what's the upshot for you? Facebook did not technically lie or misstate the truth. As a recent Haugen complaint alleges, it just gave an answer to a completely different question. And our next global story from the BBC News. Mining where? The new Bitcoin top three and accompanying concerns. The CBECI, which is produced by the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance, tracks the geographic distribution of computing power used for Bitcoin mining receiving data from a number of commercial Bitcoin mining pools. The latest data, which covers the four months to the end of August, suggests that most Bitcoin mining, 35.4%, is now US-based, with Kazakhstan at 18.1% in second and Russia at 11% in third. The decline of China as a crypto mining powerhouse has been unexpected and rapid after the government put its ban in place. So, what's the upshot for you? More of a worry is the CO2 emissions and the electronic waste because the computers used become rapidly obsolete. The first worry could be improved over time with alterations in power sources, but the second could still be an issue, especially in places like Kazakhstan where there's no national legislation on e-waste. Our next U.S. story from Electrek. Tesla officially launches its insurance using real-time driving behavior starting in texas tesla offers insurance using real-time driving behavior this is currently available to all model s model 3 model x and model y owners in texas the automaker wrote about the policy's differentiating factor unlike other telematics or usage-based insurance products tesla does not require an additional device to be installed in your vehicle Tesla uses specific features within the vehicle to evaluate your premium based on your actual driving. You will make monthly payments based on your driving behavior instead of traditional factors like credit, age, gender, claim history, and driving records used by other insurance providers. In the fine print, Tesla insists that it will not use age or gender to calculate your insurance premium or whether or not you have had any car accidents. The automaker says that the safety score, which was first introduced for full self-driving beta testers last month, will be the main factor, and it's made up of the following. Forward collision warnings per thousand miles, hard braking, aggressive turning, unsafe following distance, and forced autopilot disengagement. The automaker says that it expects those deemed average drivers by their safety score should save 20 to 40 percent on their premium compared to competitors, and those with the safest scores could save between 30 and 60 percent. So, what's the upshot for you? Well, everyone starts with a score of 90, and the premium fluctuates with the number of scoring events picked up or not. Sounds great, right? The only issue is that apparently the insurance still costs more than the competition on a good day. Our next global story Heavyweights lead new supply chain security initiative. The Trusted Computing Group is a nonprofit organization that develops, defines, and promotes open and vendor neutral industry specifications and standards for trusted computing platforms, including the widely used Trusted Platform Module. The organization this week announced a new workgroup focusing on supply chain security. Representatives of Microsoft, Intel, and Goldman Sachs will lead the new group, which will work on developing guidance for supply chain security standards. This new group has two main objectives, provisioning, or ensuring that devices are genuine, and recovery, or helping organizations recover after a cyber attack. So, what's the upshot for you? Well, it's early days yet, but this sounds like a sensible initiative and something that even government initiatives can dovetail into. Our final story from Israel and the Defense Post. Israel develops tech to look through walls. Israeli technology firm Camaro Tech has developed a military device that can detect live objects hiding behind walls from over 50 meters or 164 feet away. Dubbed the Xaver LR-40, the portable system can accurately identify the presence and number of objects moving behind walls in real time, thereby helping soldiers in standoff situations or covert operations where a safe distance from targets must be maintained. According to company official Ilan Abramovich, the long range of the new equipment makes it unique and different from other see-through walls devices developed by other firms. He explained that Xaver LR-40 is based on radio signals with ultra-wide band range, allowing it to send continuous pulses and penetrate through multiple material walls. However, he pointed out that technology cannot see through walls made of solid metal, where radio signals are blocked. So, what's the upshot for you? Well, Abramovich did want to make the point that rebar and wire mesh will still let the signals through. And that's it for this week. Let's put those x-ray specs away for now and get back to the clearly visible. Thanks for joining us. Stay kind, be safe, stay secure, and we will see you in a see-through 7. It changes the energy in the room.